and welcome to Shake It Not Noob, the podcast that is disappointed with the number of games without customizable genitalia options. And we will now be championing the introduction of this feature in video games across the world. Animal Crossing and Tetris, you're next. I am your sexually adventurous host, Fuzzy Dan, wink wink. And joining me today is my partner in crime, the gimp to my Z, it's Mr. Duty Dutrum. How are we, sir? I was sleeping. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, welcome back. It's been a few weeks since we've had a chat. Uh, mate, how how have you been going? What have you been playing? What is going on? Uh, of course, yes, I've been playing more Resident Evil 8 Village. Uh, fantastic game. Absolutely loving that. Um, I did also go back and take a look at uh, the 2011 uh, Smash game, Space Marine, um, which was released by THQ Nordic and uh, and Relic Entertainment. Um, sure. Yeah, went back and t- take uh, took a look at that and um, sort of remembered why it was good, but also some of the faults with it. Um, shit, what else? I've also tried Valheim, which is Minecraft but Vikings. Um, oh yeah, how is that? I've heard only good things about that one. It's Minecraft. And I don't really like <laughs> Minecraft. Um, it's it's very much a Minecraft survival game, but with Vikings, right? Yeah, basically. Like, I've been playing it with two of my mates, um, both of which sort of gave me a very quick crash course in it. Um, not to say that they gave me a bad crash course, but it's just, it, it is that sort of Minecraft-y style of game, and I'm not a Minecraft guy. Um, sure, I, I picked sure. it up for 30 bucks, and it's just like, yeah, I cool, you know, whatever, I'll... I'll play it whenever you guys want to play it but i don't really necessarily know if it's my jam um i will yeah, say that yeah, it does seem enough. to be one of those games that if you play it with friends it's better because minecraft solo is about as much fun as trying to realize how much you can claim back on tax if you used a computer once for work purposes <laughs> yeah i've i've uh, i've heard it's really good but as one of those games like you say you play with friends i think you can play with up to 10 people as part of it um yeah so it, it looks like it could be interesting i know it's still an early access um so there's yeah. still obviously a lot of development that needs to go on but i've yeah like i said i've only heard uh, really good takes on it so interesting to hear people not enjoying it as much yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. Uh, on top of that as well, uh, the review that I did a couple of episodes ago in regards to Subverse, um, the developers are providing sort of uh, heads up with like, hey, yes, new content is coming. It won't be soon. Um, so basically they're just saying, yes, we've taken your money. We're not going <laughs> to give you a time frame into which you can expect DLC. It's probably going to be one more piece of DLC for the end of the year, and then it's going to probably finish. Um, I did also buy a new steering wheel for Formula One 2020. Um, Look at Which is the Thrustmaster TSXW, which, of course, I bought this because Thrustmaster are releasing, I don't know if you've seen about this, if you've heard about this, the new Ferrari Formula One wheel, which is an exact Good replica God. of what they use in the Ferraris. Um, with the LEDs panel and everything, um, I've taken, I've done a bit of research on this wheel. Of course, I'm going to get that wheel, um, and you can see your tire degradation. You can change your fuel mixture on the wheel. It is, it has an LED panel that you can flip through all the information on it. It is fantastic. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that and uh, to the upcoming Formula One 2021. So I'm getting myself ready for it. Yeah, look, I mean that that thing looks amazing. It it does have all of the bells and whistles on it. It's um, wow. It's <laughs> there's a lot going it's, on. It's not cheap. Um, no, no, no. Which is yeah, which is which is the thing. I did convince Mrs. Doody to let me get it, uh, or when it out uh, releases to get one. Um, I am a little like it's it's a little interesting though that like Thrustmaster are like yeah we're doing a, a Ferrari wheel where McLaren, which, you know, is the team that I follow, not just because it's Daniel Ricciardo, but um, their sponsor is Logitech, and Logitech, like, should definitely do a Formula One wheel. Like, 100%. Like, they do enough of it anyway, so, you know, if they want to compete with companies like Thrustmaster, which is, I suppose, Thrustmaster's, like, the top of the, um, the, the general access. Yeah. Yeah, it's either Thrustmaster wheels. or Fanatic, yeah. Yeah, so that, those are the I suppose the general access. I think uh, Logitech's probably your middle range of your your steering wheels. So if they're trying to I suppose compete with those ones, they have to jump up significantly in their quality to get to that next level. And I, I don't know if they're really willing to do that. Yeah, well, because like this particular Ferrari wheel that Thrustmaster are doing, it is like six hundred six hundred and fifty bucks. That is just the steering wheel. 
That's not just the wheel, people. That's not the mount bracket. That's not pedals. That's literally just the wheel. Um, if you want the wheel and the pedals, that's going to cost you between a thousand to fourteen hundred dollars Australian. Um, yeah. So it it, it would have been cool if if Logitech came up being like, "Yep, ours is two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. It's you know a replica of the McLaren one, and it goes onto the brand new you know G nine twenty three, and it tells you how to take it off and put the new one on or whatever it is." Um, yeah. You, you think yeah. they do something like that? Because yeah, they're a sponsor of McLaren. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they they come up as a as a response to it. It probably won't obviously come out this year, but potentially could be something they develop for next year. Um, but I know, like you know, Ferrari have had a a, a close relationship with uh, Thrustmaster for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've developed some in the past without all the LED screens and stuff like that. So they've got an old school yeah. like big wooden steering wheel for like the old school yeah. Ferraris. If you want to like you know sim those, I will say this new uh, steering wheel that I got the Thrustmaster one. It is a physical workout using this thing because it's got, I believe, two <laughs> parallel belts running simultaneously at the same time. And it Jeez. is a—it's a bit of a loud unit when it's when it's in use. It's—it's it's not to say it's overly loud, but you can hear the insides of it, and it actually has like vents cooling it out. Um, and Holy it is—it's an arm workout when you do it because if your back wheels kicks up or spins or you start to lose and wobble control, it actually you need to fight against it proper to to be able to do it. Um, having said that, though, I've like shaved three seconds off my lap time in Monaco, so it's it's a fucking fantastic Jesus. wheel. And I am still yet to actually successfully navigate an entire lap of Monaco. That so was supposed uh, to be our next, that was supposed to be our next stream as well. <laughs> oh man, I, I need to get some practice time, and I have not done uh, some some racing for a long time. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. <laughs> Definitely keep an eye out for that one. We'll get, let's get straight into the news because that is my first uh, cab off the rank. Um, we do have a release date for F one twenty twenty one, July sixteenth. That's my now, birthday, so that's great. There we go. Happy birthday, Mr. Doody. Uh, we've got three <laughs> new tracks, um, so Imola, Portimao, and Jetta. Um, and we've got a bunch of uh, legends of the track as playable drivers through here. So um, we're getting Schumacher, Senna, and Alain Proust. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, looks looks like it's going to be interesting. Some of the, um, I think there's a two-player career mode that you can do through here. I'm, I'm interested to see how they put it all together because they clearly have done a lot of work on um, the face mapping for some of these um, legendary drivers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely interesting to see how that's improved uh, from previous editions and whether or not it plays a bigger role in the uh, in the series. Yeah, it looks like with this um, Legends of the Driver thing that they've, they've got going on, it looks like um, they're doing a little bit of the FIFA thing. So sort of like if you have your yeah. own team, you can bring the legends into your own team. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily. I don't mind that because last year with Codemasters when they released Formula One 2020, uh, you could have Lewis Hamilton join your team or Bottas or yeah. whoever, but your yeah, team yeah. needed to be able to afford them. Um, the the graphics on the on the character models, as you said, look fucking great. They look like it's actually going to be using the next gen um, capabilities, or at least pushing the consoles a bit more or the PCs a bit more. Um, mm. We are, we're yet to see some proper racing. What it looks like in game. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very looking forward to it. The co-op, the the co-op campaign is going to be great because you could be driver one and driver two for like Aston Martin or something, and you both have to work together and all that sort of stuff. That'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be pretty cool. I like that idea. So yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing that release. Looking forward as well to seeing um, like some of the customization options. They obviously uh, expanded that that uh, that function within uh, the last year's edition. This year's edition, hoping they're 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 going to bring out you know multiple different skins and liveries for the cars. Um, I'm very excited about seeing the new McLaren livery this weekend for Ooh, Monaco. It looks, it looks so sexy. So, um, so yeah. Hopefully you'll be able to do um, a few more things like that. Um, I know, like playing some of the uh, MotoGP games, the customization options and that were really great, um, much much better than um, what's in the the F1 games. So interesting to see the direction they go and the options they add on, because obviously now uh, F1 has been bought by um, uh, the game has been bought by EA. So we'll see De- some uh, developers. Def- so we'll get dirt and stuff like that coming through EA as well, because Codemasters. Yeah, gone. yeah. Um, apparently, there's interesting a room- to see how that plays out. Yeah, there's a room as well for the one of the customization options. I don't know if it's concrete or not, but you know when you watch the race, they have like the you know the, the yeah. F1 theme song and all the drivers like doing a pose as the camera pans past them. Apparently, there's there's rumors of a customization where you get to choose what your driver does during the opening of that. I'm like, fuck yeah, that'll be cool as. Mm, okay, I like Flipping it. I like the bird. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, let's move on to some other news now. Um, the ultimate GTA Five speed run has just been completed. 
Um, a uh, game player by the name of Unnamed D, it's probably pronounced something weird anyway, but that's what it reads like, um, has just finished a nine-hour playthrough of the main storyline with no hits. So he registered no physical damage to him during that entire time, which is incredible. Um, you think about the amount of times you might have played GTA, the amount of times you just randomly got shot by a cop for absolutely no reason. Um, he managed to do it with no hits, which is great. He um, managed it after 48 attempts as well, which... Fuck that. Imagine yeah. if you got the, like, you know, the last second, you know, you're on your way to the last cut. Does that... Does the Sorry, does the hits count vehicle collisions if you're driving uh, your car and you hit another car? Yeah, so no, no. I mean, uh, physical damage. So you might damage the car and all the rest of it, but yeah. it's uh, literally like no, no like taking no physical damage to his character. So it doesn't go smashing out of the windscreen or you know flying off a motorcycle or something like that. So there is like That's the impressive. entire playthrough you can actually see on YouTube. So he's posted the whole thing. Um, and so if you've got nine hours and you feel like watching uh, GTA get played through, um, it would be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I thought I, th- I th- just amazing some of the uh, the things that speedrunners do these days um that's just one of the next level skills i suppose people have yeah it's it's also kind of sad that someone's you know dedicated <laughs> what however many attempts to play Grand 48 Auto. times to get through no. a nine hour can you imagine he would have got to like you know sometime he'd get through eight and a half hours bang got you know clipped by somebody he, going he past he would have bike. to know the, the spawning mechanics of basically everything and the trajectory of, you know, like when this guy spawns out of this room, he's going to shoot to the left-hand side on a 45-degree angle. And, and yeah. this is generally used as a warning shot, but if you're standing at this point, you're going to get hit. So, like, impressive, but also, like, dude, find something else. <laughs> I mean, that's what people are, are like, man. They've been playing this game for years. I know that the um, GTA Five has also uh, been announced to be coming out to the next-gen platforms no, later this year. So, you know, it's a game that people just keep playing. It's like fucking Skyrim. Stop playing it and they'll stop making it. Skyrim's uh, fun, though. Like, Skyrim, there's <laughs> so much to do. Grand Theft Auto, you're playing as a character. You're not making your own character. That's why I think there's a difference between Skyrim and uh, and GTA. Look, I can't disagree with you, so uh, I won't. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next piece of news, then. Uh, we've got some gameplay now for Total War Warhammer 3, yes. which looks awesome. Um, so we've had the uh, the new trailers for Total War uh, Warhammer 3. Um, we've all seen a bunch of stuff. They now showed a, um, a playthrough of one of their new game styles, uh, which, were, uh, which is called the Survival Battles. So basically, they're staged battles over multiple levels. So you pass the first sort of area of um, finishing off the um, enemies in that area. You move on to the next zone and gain flags and have to hold that position. Yeah, it's like uh, assaulting a castle or a fortification. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. And then uh, through that that staging, you get to build fortifications, so you can build barricades or traps, and you know sort of funnel enemies to particular areas. You can you know replenish your troops, do all these new. It was basically the showcase of all of the different new powers and abilities that you can use within Warhammer, and it just looks like fun. Yeah, I I I did like it. I'd enjoyed. Um, I just started. Uh, I just picked up some models for uh, Warhammer um, Age of Sigma, which is basically what this version of Warhammer they're using. Um, sure. And I did pick uh, the Corn sort of demon god uh, army as well, so the Blades of Corn, I think they're called. It's a little interesting as well that... Um, corn with a K. Yes. Uh, Not the backwards like the band, the other corn. <laughs> just like the band. Um, but it's interesting that, yes, of course, this is still Total War Warhammer 3, but it looks like they're still using the old version of Warhammer. So essentially what mm. what Games Workshop does with their with their Warhammer titles is every year to two years they'll you know they'll make the eighth edition or the ninth edition and they'll make a whole new starter set. They'll change some rules. Um, if the game is not selling too well, they basically do a bit of a reboot to it. Um, oh okay. And essentially that they'll have like this big cataclysmic event uh, and then the game will go from what was just Warhammer Fantasy Battles, which is Basically, that was the game that when Warhammer Total War 1 first came out, it was still called Warhammer Fantasy. Um, between Total War 
2 and uh, now. Uh, they rebooted the game in, in the tabletop version and they called it Warhammer okay. Age of Sigma and they changed the rules and they changed all these things and they, they, they made it very Warhammer 40k, a bit more easy to play. Um, yeah. But it looks like for this game, they're still sticking with the old school Warhammer fantasy style, which is, you know, the the battalion of, you know, 40 troops lined up in a box formation and stuff like that, mm. which is the old school game where the new one now is is a bit different. Um, but yeah, yeah, the gameplay looks cool. I like the um, sort of the funneling techniques and stuff like that, that you can sort of build fortifications to make choke points. Um, yep. And I enjoyed that. Essentially, they have still got more of the the tabletop rules coming into the game, which is you know when we played Total War Warhammer two ages ago, I was getting reamed by you, and I'm sitting there going, "Hang on, <laughs> Chaos would normally kick the shit out of dwarves, but what the hell's going on here? Where it looks like they're implementing more of the the tabletop rules here." Um, okay. And there's yeah. yeah, and there's giant creatures and monsters and stuff like that that can be summoned. They still oh, didn't the show fucking the giant ice there. bear like that looked amazing. I couldn't. I don't know what army that is. I went onto the games uh, games workshop website going like, "What army is this?" I'm not aware of it, and I couldn't find jack shit. But it's like corn. Oh yeah, I know what a blood letter is. I know what a bloodthirster is. Yeah, what we yeah. do. Um, I think this is all in the uh, the Kislev armies. They're they're doing a lot of gameplay footage of Kislev, so yeah, yeah it seems I've, to be I've never a, a heard big of that faction. army as a as like a playable tabletop faction. Uh, okay, um, I I don't know if that's that's come across. I believe it might have. It might be one of the old more obscure ones. Oh, okay, um, but yeah, it's essentially like like Russia, <laughs> like <laughs> or, or like Russia. yeah, sort of yeah, sort of like Eastern Europe kind of thing. I mean, you know, I'm I'm excited to play it. I am going to play it. Um, I tried booting up Total War Warhammer 2 maybe a month ago. I got confused even quicker than I did the first <laughs> time I played it and then just uninstalled it. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to give it a crack. Oh, absolutely. Look, it's it's going to occupy many, many hours of my time. It's one of those games that just continually gets played because it is so good. It is the king of strategy games. So, yeah, very excited to uh, to play Total War Warhammer 3. Hopefully, the big one um, that people have complained about in the past is uh, the siege battles. Uh, hopefully, they make those a little bit more interesting because they kind of got a little bit one-sided and you can just spam the... Uh, spam the response every time and get the same result so hopefully they make them a bit more interesting but with what we've seen so far some of the battles could definitely be livened up which is very exciting yeah and we've only seen two factions as well yeah i, I mean a lot of it's going to be focused on i think uh, on the chaos gods so that will obviously get i think it's what six factions within the chaos gods four Four. There you go. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a, a bunch of different stuff that could happen within that, which could be exciting. Um, but you know, we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, and they're going to actually sh- depict what the chaos gods look like in this game, which is very bold. Bold and beautiful. Here we go. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the next piece of news. Um, Elite Dangerous Odyssey has been released. Dirty, do you know much about Elite Dangerous? I did see the pre-roll trailer that uh, I, that you sent to me before we started recording. It looks like um, both the title of or the game we're reviewing of this week's episode um, also mixed with No Man's Sky and a lot of disappointment. I haven't played it. I, haven't, <laughs> I am saying I haven't played it, but it is giving me a lot of No Man's Sky vibes. Yeah. And when that released, that pissed off a lot of people. So it's it's yep. it's got a high uh, it's it's got a high uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, fuzzy help <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things that will make you feel a, a certain opinion one way or the other it's uh definitely divi- divides opinion yeah and it's it's I, I can't think of the actual word i'm looking for but it's, it's it's got a high bar to clear and if it doesn't you know deliver yeah. on what it is showing in its trailers then if it if it is just another no man's sky or something like that a no man's sky now apparently is fantastic that's great um but if it doesn't deliver on what it's showing, then it's just going to upset a lot of people. Well, it's, look, it's interesting. So Elite Dangerous is like, you know, everyone talks about Elite Dangerous and No Man's Sky in the same breath. No Man's Sky is very much a gateway drug to get into Elite Dangerous. So it's, it's a much more complex, deep space exploration game, um, but very, very much stuck within the spaceships themselves. So that's been the focus of most of the gameplay so far. Um, so Odyssey is a DLC for the main game, basically allowing you to get outside of your spacecraft. So you travel around, visit planets, see stuff. You can get out of your spacecraft and start exploring and engage in basically FPS-style gameplay. 
It looks kind of weak. I'm, I'm not going to lie at this stage. It looks kind of like a watered-down good version of a shooter. Like, and I, and I get it. I get that they want to try and expand, and that's always been one of the things with Elite Dangerous is they're trying to make this incredibly expansive universe and not sort of pigeonhole themselves to one particular game style. But it looks like there's, there's a lot better versions of this game that you can play. And for $60... It's a very expensive version of that game as well. You can find much better shooters for sixty dollars. So yeah, if you're into that, great. You can play it. Not probably for me or duty. It sounds. <laughs> yeah, look. To be honest, I'd only play it if it was like if it was fifteen dollars on Steam. Then I'm like, yeah, it's fifteen dollars. You know, what do you? Yeah. And the good thing is with Steam, if you don't play, if you play the game for less than three hours or less than six hours, you can return and get a refund, which is is is, is a great thing Steam's got going for it. So if it does peak an interest give it a shot and if you don't like it return it yeah fair enough um i mean we are just about to get into the spring sales for steam um so i think they're coming up in about a week um so yeah hold fire i know that um the the core game of elite dangerous is only like 10 bucks to buy um <laughs> 10 bucks to buy but a lifetime of disappointment for your partner or significant other um it's uh, but yeah like yeah to get all the dlc and all the other bits and pieces i think it's like about 100 bucks worth of stuff so you know maybe wait like to like duty says till this is on sale yeah that's 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 the great thing about steam because you're generally not you, you pick up something that completely just escaped your mind yeah. Oh, look, I, I literally have a list. Like, I see a game that I like, I go chuck it on my wish list, and I'll wait for the Steam sales to come up, and then I just buy whatever's the cheapest on there. Like, it's just all games I'd really like to play, but I'm just not going to go out of my way to pay full price for. Yeah, yeah I mean, that makes sense. I've, I've got the same thing with, like, Hades and um, uh, Floor is Lava. Yeah, yeah. You literally just sit there and wait for it to go on special because at some stage it will over the course of the year and you'll be able to get it at a price that's a lot more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Speaking of reasonable prices, Dirty, we do have a sponsor. They are Culture Shock Collectibles and they are your number one stop for all your nerdy collectible needs. Now, have you seen some of the stuff they put up lately? Uh, there is the new uh, Nano Infinity Gauntlet that has mm-hmm. posable fingers so you can pretend to click away your parents when they make <laughs> you do chores. Um, I don't really like it. I saw it and I went, the rubber inside, like between the fingers is going to crack and degrade and it's just going to go blech. Um, Yeah, it looks a bit, it looks super cheap. Like I know they did that big, uh, they did the Hulk one at one stage. They did the Hulk one. They've done the the Thanos one, um, the proper gauntlet with the rings on the inside of the hand. So then you can like pull the fingers. Um, Yeah. This looks, this looks cheap by comparison. And I mean, the other one didn't look expensive either. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, so it it looks okay. I get like I, I'm not going to get it, but um, there was uh, Hasbro do like you know toy announcement sort of things here and there. There's some new Power Ranger toys that they've got up. They've got a Wedge Antilles uh, replica X-wing helmet, which I'm not okay. going to lie, I'm pseudo tempted to get because yeah, everyone loves Luke Skywalker, but Wedge Antilles is the real you know space hero of Star Wars. Um, that and of course Thrustmaster do um, flight stick controls, and my computer can now do VR, so I might get myself Star Wars Squadrons and <laughs> do that. Um, there are some hot toy announcements as well. Again, I'm, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little frustrated with hot toys. To be honest, they they okay. did, they did announce the Bad Batch hot toys, which of course you can pre-order through Culture Shock Collectibles. The Bad Batch is a really good show. I've already watched the first three episodes. It's great, um, but like they they do this thing where like if it's a if it's a, a, f- a figure that generally goes along with a set, they'll tease a character like in the background or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they did probably three years ago now, they did a episode five Princess Leia uh, in Bespin. And in the photos promoting it, there is a Han Solo that matches alongside it, which generally goes, okay, they're going to make a Han Solo. Um, this time last year, they did Clone Wars Anakin. I've pre-ordered it. And I'm sitting there going, sweet, because you can see he is lit- like the whole model, the whole figure, he is standing next to Obi-Wan. And I went, I'm getting the Obi-Wan. They haven't announced the Obi-Wan. <laughs> I've warned Michael, if you don't announce the Obi-Wan, I'm pulling my pre-order. And that's the good <laughs> thing with Culture Shock Collectibles, is if, some- if something happens, whether it's your personal life, you've changed your mind, whatever it might be, you can contact Michael and go, hey, man, I want to, you know, it- it's not for me. And he goes, yeah, cool, no worries. And he refunds you. Um, I think he keeps, maybe if it's a bigger item, he keeps the initial deposit, which is 50 bucks, which is fine. Um, But he he refunds you the rest, which other places do not do. They just say, too bad. Or they keep Mm. a bigger deposit. 
Okay. Yeah, no, that's I, I like that. It's a good option. I mean, especially if you're, you're looking at the prices to pay for some of these things, they can be, um, what's the word, astronomical. That's the one. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, the... The premium Anakin Skywalker Clone Wars is $710. Think um, of how many steering wheels you could buy with that, Teddy. Uh, just j- just, the, just wheel. the one. <laughs> 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 but, like, that, that's the thing that, that Hot Toys do. It's like, oh, it's, it's, it's $700. It, it comes with a, a rideable speeder. I'm like, I don't want the speeder. But then it's like, you know, you can buy Batman and Superman from Zack Snyder's Justice League in a double pack for like $705. I'm like, get those. It's two mm. figures. So many options. Well, go to ch- check that out at uh, cultureshockcollectibles.com, your number one stop for all your nerdy collectible needs. They are on Facebook. They are on uh, Instagram and other places, I believe. Pro- provide some natural padding because I can hear my dog crying and bashing at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> natural padding, natural padding. Well, look, um, we're going to get stuck into the next part of the show. The next part of the show, not this is all natural padding, um, is talking about... This week's game that we reviewed, uh, it is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, which came out last week. Um, we got it a few days early, but in order to give this a proper look through Dude, and back. review, we <laughs> needed to play it for you know play it for at least a week because there is so much going on in Mass Effect that it's just crazy. Um, so yes, we wanted to give it a proper review. That's why we didn't do our show last week. We're here this week to talk about it, though. Man, oh man, is there a lot going on. Dirty, which game did you play out of the three in, in Mass Effect Legendary Edition? All of them. <laughs> so you've got, you did like the sampler approach. You, you've sampled a little bit of each of them, yeah? Um, well, look, I, I have played Mass Effect when it originally came out. Sure. Um, I, like, it was one of those things, like, I was at, like, you know, parents' holiday house, and I went to the local video shop, and I rented the first Mass Effect, and I went... Uh, nah. Um, well, how long was it? Like two, three years later, like Mass Effect 2 came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I ran up and down the stairs. I'm tired. Um, but yeah, Mass Effect 2 came out. And I was like, I'm not going to touch it. And my guitar teacher was like, dude, it's $5 at Harvey Norman. Go down and get one. <laughs> yeah, cool, whatever. And it was fantastic. I absolutely loved Mass Effect 2. Played the living crap out of it. And it's a Bioware game where it's it's got so much replayability. Mm. Then Mass Effect 3 came out, played the crap out of it. Loved it, but because there was a, it's a very intense story between oh, yeah. the events of Mass Effect 2 and 3, I completely forgot about what happened and what was going on to the point where I'm like, what are these things? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? Who are you? <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, that is, that is one of my big points for, of course, you know, the game we're talking about, the Legendary Edition this week, is it collects all three games perfectly, and it's, it's sort of like... It's like going to JB Hi-Fi or going to going anywhere really and buying the Lord of the Rings pack on 4K or buying yeah you know Star Wars 4 5 and 6 or or buying Indiana Jones 1 2 and 3 together in a pack because you watch them or you play them back to back and you experience it all together where if you watch it when it originally comes out you might not have time to watch the the previous one before the next one comes out or whatever it might be or you might sure. not have you know 60 hours to replay Mass Effect 1 to go into Mass Effect 2 where all of these games just sort of merge and come perfectly together in a package. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah, look, it's um, it's definitely one of those ones, I think, um, you, you touched on it a little bit. It definitely goes to speak to some of those nostalgia parts of, uh, of your gaming experience. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the best possible version, I suppose, of, uh, <laughs> of this game displayed on screen. Um, there's a bit of streamlining. Um, it does run a lot more smoothly. Um, and, yeah, it looks a lot more pretty than if you, you went back and played the old versions of it. So I think they've, uh, they've done a, a lot of really good stuff here. I know that they've um, also opened up a lot of the areas. So a lot of what they used to do in making you walk down sort of tight corridors and narrow spaces um, was so that they didn't have to render the entire environments because it actually took a, a much better larger toll on the uh, the gaming systems that we used to play on so now they're able to open it up and just be a bit more smart about it so i think some of the ways that they've improved the game it makes it look a lot better yeah um mass effect one of course um is and and, and that's a, that's one of the things that i have done a, a video on it but i didn't necessarily touch on it because i yeah i just remembered this morning but um bioware of course had done knights of the old republic and they had done sure. dragon age which to be fair, a, a little similar both in gameplay style. Yes, one is Star Wars and one's medieval, but 
lightsabers and swords, crossbows, it's, blasters. And you can, they did a lot of very similar things. In those <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the gameplay is, is is quite similar when you look at them side by side. Where yeah. Mass Effect One is a you know, and the Mass Effect series for Bioware is a third person cover shooter with squad based mechanics. And sure, with Mass Effect One, they hadn't done that before. So the level of and it, it is still you know, present in this edition. But the level of polish in the combat compared to Mass Effect 1 to both 2 and 3 is night and day difference. Um, mm. But Mass Effect 1 has been massively graphically improved um, and it looks absolutely fantastic. And then when you go on and play Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, it's not a jarring change of graphics. It's not... If yeah. you look at the original Mass Effect graphics and then go to 2, there's a bit of a... There's a jump in like, oh, okay, like, you know first game did quite well they probably got more funding to do a second game and they refine things and polish things and stuff like that but if you're going one two three in this collection it's a smooth transition into each game it's not a a bit of a jump um, yeah but yeah the, the first game absolutely looks great with what they've done it's all 4k high resolution mm-hmm. and just even the like the lens flare the first like level in mass effect one is very much a you know, uh, creation, sort of and putting you into the world of Mass Effect and sort of arriving sure. on this alien planet, what's going on sort of thing. And there's just lens flares and, like, you go over a hill into, like, a cover area and you just get shot in the face with the sun and you're sitting there going, this is beautiful. <laughs> and then you notice your health starts to go down. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I absolutely loved going back and playing this. And, of course, thank you to, to EA uh, for sending us uh, copies to play this. Um, I played this on a PC. Um, I don't know about yourself, Fuzzy, but... If you're playing a particular Mass Effect game, so in my, uh, f- f- for example, um, jumping between Mass Effect two and three, for the consoles, did you had to, did you have to close down the entire software and reboot it back up, or would you just go no. into exit game and it would go back to a launcher for you to choose the one you're playing? Yeah, just went back to like a main menu where you could choose which one you wanted to get into. Yeah, I, I, I think as as simple and as small as of a mechanic that is. It's huge because there's mm-hmm. games like the Devil May Cry collection where if you went in to play Devil May Cry 1, then you wanted to jump 2 or whatever it was, you needed to close down the entire software, bring it back up, and then choose the game you wanted to play with. It's it's a small you know, quality of life, and especially for me, jumping back and forth between the games. It's just a small little thing that I absolutely loved. Even from mm. playing this, I went back and picked up Andromeda, which is on sale for 10 bucks on Steam. Ooh, see now that was that was my thing. I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> after having played a bit through, well, a lot through uh, Mass Effect Three mostly, mm. um, yeah, wanting to play Andromeda because I never really got into it. I know, um, yeah, I, I think Three is where I kind of left off the series and I missed out on uh, Andromeda. So yeah, definitely keen to give it a go. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, ten bucks on on PC, and I'm, I'm sure it's probably like. 15 or 20 on consoles and stuff like that or it might even be on game pass because ea has that sort of partnership with xbox a little bit as well um andromeda is good it's not necessarily tied to the trilogy it's sort of a pseudo spin-off in a separate galaxy sort of thing sure um i think it got a lot of flack when it originally came out i actually thought it was pretty fun there were some small things here and there i wasn't a fan of but overall it still felt like mass effect Mm. um (laughs) You playing it's hard to yeah, it's hard to uh, deny that it just feels like the same thing. Yeah, and look, I I, I don't want to. I think Bioware have done a fantastic job in regards to creating this legendary pack uh, or legendary edition. I think they've done a fantastic job creating the Mass Effect games. Even to some extent, Andromeda is still pretty fun. Um, I think this is a bit of a a little bit of a return to form, if you will. Um, and I make a comparison of. Not many people were a fan of Anthem. We'll just leave it at that. Um, and not no. Ma- yeah, okay. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> yep. But also not many people were a fan of The Rise of Skywalker or the Skywalker trilogy 7, 8, and 9. Some people like 7 and then they just it started to drop down from there. But then The Mandalorian came out and then the last season of Clint. Like, it, it was going back to the things that people loved and it was like, oh, this is, yeah. this is good Star Wars again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think that's what this collection does for Bioware because there's rumours that they're going to do uh, a remake remaster of Knights of the Old Republic, which people yep, still play today. For. And it is a fantastic game, both story, combat, everything. And if they do a what Resident Evil did with uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 for Knights of the Old Republic, fucking great. Um, but they've also done like the upcoming Dragon Age game, which 
you know, I wasn't a fan of that game when it first started. I got onto the game when Mass Effect 2 absolutely loved it. And it's the same thing here with BioWare, uh, with Mass Effect. BioWare keeps getting better and better as they keep improving on the grounds that they've already built. And you can see mm. that here in this collection. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, th- I think they've they've done a, a pretty fabulous job with, um, I don't know, just helping you to relive those those moments and i'd be really interested to see if there were people that haven't played this game before that are coming into it for the first time and what their experience of this game is mm-hmm. um or these games are um like yeah just uh, because there are a lot of mechanics within these games which can be quite frustrating um which haven't aged probably as well as the overall picture of mass effect has oh, yeah. i think you know like for for the most part, like the mechanics, uh, you can sort of forgive and forget. It's just something that happens with games. Sometimes they just you know age, and that's what you know. Or a new technology comes along, and people are like, "Wow, we should do that. That's so much better." And they, but with the the, the real joy that comes from Mass Effect is how rich and deep and created this world is it's so huge there's so much going on it's really hard to comprehend one uh, until you actually get into it because it just you know all of the stuff that's been scripted and written and acted out by amazing voice actors is is all within this world it's just incredible the 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 depth that they've gone to to create some really you know compelling stories and really interesting gameplay yeah and and that is something that I don't think anyone can praise enough. If you've not played Mass Effect or if you've, you know, you stopped playing Mass Effect at Mass Effect 3 or you completely forgot about the story, this <laughs> collection is, is, I think, a must. I think this is a game that can show you, not necessarily to what Risen Evil can in regards to what your next-gen console can do, but this is yeah. a game that is similar to um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. How that was that palette cleanser of a game we, we would you know we'd move on to some form of game and we'd go back to assassin's creed to sort of cleanse the palette you know have a bit of fun just enjoy doing your own sort of thing and i think mass effect works really well for that but because the world is the as you said the world the species the combat everything gets better and better as the game keeps going and it is mm. lifted up even higher so by the characters and supporting characters in this the first mass effect game you have maybe i think it's like six or five companions the second yeah. game you've got like you know 10 11 companions and then you get more and you get to go and do these side missions with them which the characters like they're desperately asking you for your help. I need you to, you know, help me find my my sister. She was taken by these scientists. You know, I need I need help. And then you know, you you go and do that mission, and she is that character, like Miranda, for example, in Mass Effect Two and Three, um, is very loyal to you. Mm. Um, and being a Bioware game, yes, you you can get in a relationship with people um <laughs> wow that's a very conservative way of approaching it um yes there's there's a lot of relationships in this game <laughs> i mean this this game is a he- this game heavily inspired the aforementioned subverse um you look at some of the character models in subverse and you look at some of the character models here in mass effect and it's it's an ex- it's a ripoff it's it's a wish version of those characters <laughs> Oh look, it um, yeah, it's very interesting. This this game I think sets out a template for for how other games could be played. Like some of the like the subplots and storylines within this game could be like entire games themselves. Like they're just so detailed and epic. Like I'm surprised that more stories haven't been ripped off out of this one. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> it's really really cool. And um, like some of the characters in here, like the the amazing voice actors that they've they've got involved with it all is just incredible. Um, you've got Keith David doing um, showing up a couple of times. Uh, Seth Green shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth like, Green is the pilot. Yeah, uh, Freddie well, Prince uh, Lan- Jr. is in there. Martin yeah, I thought Sheen. that was him. Yeah, I Martin Sheen. Yeah, uh, I was sitting there playing Mass Effect 3 going, is that fucking Caden from Rebels? It sounds like Caden from... I'm like, I didn't it check. It certainly is. Um, Lance <laughs> yeah. Hendrickson as well, I think, yep. is in it. Yeah, That's like, right. it's, it's, you know, it's not like Brad Pitt and George Clooney and stuff, but you're sitting there going, hang on, these these people are, you know, familiar, and also, like, most of them are giant nerds. Like, they like sci-fi stuff. Oh, yeah. Look, look at Lance Hendrickson and Freddie Prince Jr. and Seth Green. Yeah. Um, it is... This, this game is... If you love... Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, Aliens, 
not, you know, aliens as in regards to going and cleaning a planet full of alien life forms and all that sort of stuff. But, like, that sci-fi 80s, even mm. necessarily 60s and 70s sort of stuff, it's great for that because it's, yeah, I think it's heavily inspired by Star Trek. Um, oh, and- 100%. Like, especially with the way that they, you know, talk about the ships and have all the stuff and all the rest of it. With that. Like, it's, it's very much Star Trek-based. But they've, um, or inspired at least, but they, they've, they've modernized it and they've changed it around. It's just heavy, heavy. If you like heavy, deep sci-fi with lots of weird aliens and all sorts of weird storylines and subplots, like this is the game for you. It's just, it's, it's a classic sci-fi epic is what I think it is. Um, and as far as games go, there's, there's very few that have this much detail in them. Like, I, I would... I would hazard to say that it's probably one of the most detailed series of games that we've ever seen. Yeah, and on top of that as well, it's a Bioware game. It is a third-person action shooter, so it's it's very similar to that if you've played titles like Years of War, you know, you pop into cover, you shoot out, so on and so forth. Um, you can take companions on a quest with you, similar to Dragon Age and Knights of the Old Republic before it, um, and each companion has certain abilities and skills they can use. So, uh, my go-to guy was always Garrus, absolutely love that character, I const- and being a, a squad-based shooter as well, you can command your squad to do certain things. Um, so, Garrus, for me, constantly had a sniper rifle equipped, and I constantly kept him at the back of the squad, because then he could just pop off people, where, you know, I'd take someone like Rex from the first game, I'd just give him a shotgun and make him go and run in close. Um, you can also, cre- when you create your character of Shepard, uh, you can choose the pre-determined or pre-created game models that you know that, that are on the front cover of the case. Um, and what this legendary legendary edition does as well is, you can create a female Shepard where that was only available in Mass Effect Three. Uh, on the on the original releases, um, yeah, you absolutely. Can, you can play all these different classes as well, which gives you replayability. But then, because there's dialogue options, and you can be a hero or you can be this gruff, tough asshole that kills people and all this sort of stuff, it gives you even more replayability. And you can ha- this game, honestly, if you buy it now and you love it, you will last till Christmas. Like it is that <laughs> in depth of what you can do with it. Well, mate, we talked about, like, you, you did a little sample pack of all three of the games. I just decided to do a deep dive into Mass Effect 3, which was probably the one I had the least amount of exposure to. I kind of did a really quick playthrough of that last time, did the base of what I wanted to, you know, requirements to, to get through, and just I've never really delved deep into it. I put in, you know, 20 to 30 hours in the last week of on Mass Effect 3 alone and just have got lost so much more than I ever did before. It's amazing how much is going on. Unfortunately um, for me, I've killed off most of the characters that were (laughs) alive in Mass Effect 2, uh, which were like sort of key story elements in Mass Effect 2. Mm -hmm. Just through like, you know, I love this about this game. It makes you make these snap decisions at crucial points in the game uh, where that have ongoing impacts that literally impact the way um, that these characters react to you, um, your appearance within the game. Um, and, and you can kill off main characters in the blink of an eye. Like, I accidentally killed off a character and went, oh, shit. I, in one decision, I accidentally killed off two characters. I was like, how the fuck have I done that? It just it just <laughs> all of a sudden things happen and you, you're like, oh, okay, that seems like the logical choice. And it turns out it's not the, the option that you should have gone with. It's amazing how much this game can uh, can do to you and, and and how you respond to it in such a really you know uh, like emotional states, especially in that like this high intensity like of of gameplay. All of a sudden, you're making a snap decision, and the rest of the game is changed forever. I just I love that about this game. It does so much really well within this 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 structure that I just. It, it's really hard to to fault it for for adding those parts. Yeah, and and on on top of that as well, like like you have done, if for and I sort of did as well, mind you. But if you um, you don't enjoy Mass Effect One because like look, Mass Effect One is heavily story based, but the combat has aged a bit. There is also sort of um, you can explore planets by getting in essentially yeah. a giant four wheel drive and driving around on the planet's surface. A lot of people didn't like that mechanic, so they removed it from the sequels. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people did like it because they added, I think they added it back into Andromeda from memory. That's um, correct, yes. Yeah, they brought it back in. 
Yeah, um, but if you want to jump straight into Mass Effect 2 or straight into Mass Effect 3, there is a, a summary comic that is narrated by Commander Shepard, um, and you get to pick key moments from the previous entry in the game. So yeah. in Mass Effect 1, you get to choose whether you you know which person out of these two people live and die, and mm. if you didn't play Mass Effect 1, you jump into Mass Effect 2, there is a narration comic, and it's it's quite detailed and nicely voice acted and stuff. But you get to forever. choose those options. <laughs> yeah, if you uh-huh. jump into Mass Effect Three, it recaps both one and two. It's um, it's a lot. Like I like I said, I started in in Mass Effect Three, and it's like it's a lot to go through. It's twenty minutes before you're getting into the game, and that's. I think if we're talking about things that are negatives for this uh, for this game. Um, the length of time that you have to pay attention uh, is quite significant in between moments of action. So, you know, you could have, you know, do a mission on a planet and then get back to your ship and you're uh, like literally the next half an hour to 45 minutes is just like cutscene dialogue where A, you might not have a response to anything that's going on and B, it's really, some of it can be quite dry. Um, so unless you're paying a lot of attention to it and watching it and treating it almost like as as an experience rather than a game itself, um, yeah, you're gonna have a bad time. So yeah, that's it, it can be when you you just want to play and you just want to get to action. It can be really hard to just find those moments and pick when you're actually going to get to it. And that's that's something that um, Bioware did for Mass Effect Three as well compared to the other ones because when you start up. Uh, Mass Effect Three. If you've played previous, you know the previous entries, or if not, you can decide how you actually want to play Mass Effect Three. You can play it if you just want the action and you don't really care much for the story, yeah, yeah. or you can play it if you want heavy story and very little action, or you can play sort of the traditional way where it merges both action and story together. So there's sure. so many different ways to play it. This and there's so many different options in classes and loadouts and everything to do. The only thing I remember as sort of a kid playing Mass Effect on the xbox 360 so mm. two generations ago was yeah. i loved the mic support for the game where i could say you know garris sniper rifle and he'd go yep shepherd and he'd pull out the sniper rifle or you could go yeah you know, sure. incendiary rounds and he would equip incendiary rounds where i played this on pc hot I shot didn't yeah <laughs> i played this on pc and i couldn't really see anything for that because i would love to be able to sit here and just actually speak out commands that was probably the only good thing about the connect on the xbox 360 but other than that it's 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 I have no real problems with it. Some of the graphics for Mass Effect 1, even though it's been re redone and revitalized, uh, Captain Anderson's eyes are constantly intense. Like, they're, they're popping out of his head like he's eating a mouthful of chili sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's that's really it. Look, and I think that goes to speak to some of my negatives about the series. Like, it, it really pushes into that. It, it was doing so in, when it first got released. It's doing it more so now that they've updated the graphics. It's really in that sort of uncanny valley situation where some of the like the character models look really fantastic. And then they start speaking or moving their eyes around and... It just looks weird. There's just something wrong about some of the mouth movements and especially the large white space within the eyes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, you know, you look at people's natural eyes and they're actually more full of color than they are white space. But within this game, it is super like their like their pupils are quite small and it's just it's very weird. It just, it, it just looks uncomfortable. So, yeah, that uncanny valley situation of lifelike but not quite right it really fits for this series especially with the the updated graphics so yeah it makes me a little feel a little bit weird about some of the characters at least yeah and the uh, yeah, the the human characters they age quicker than you know aliens yep. because the alien designs in this game like krogan's look fucking awesome they're like yep. giant toad people that look fucking sick um, but then, yeah, humans, especially the character of Jack, who's covered in tattoos. Don't get me wrong; she's she's a great character. She looks great, but you know, you're you're looking at a character who's what ten years old, if not you know a bit older. Um, and you can see in some areas where the the graphics and stuff like that haven't sort of aged well. But look, it, that is the the nitpickest of nitpicks. Um, it is yeah. still a fantastic game, fantastic story. The gameplay gets better over the sequels as well, so it just keeps building on its solid ass foundations. Um, and it's a it's a fucking great game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the only other thing that I'm going to say for the updated versions and 
one thing that I had really hoped for that hadn't come across um, necessarily was the um, the loading times don't feel like they've really improved. Oh, on PC, it was basically instant for me. Yeah, it and was- that's... I mean, I was playing this on the PS5, so, you know, the, the, the best version... Pos- well, the best platform possible within console or, you know, obviously with the Series X as well. Um, I just... I just don't think that, like, every time I got into an elevator or had to wait for something to load through, it just took that that extra five or ten seconds too long. And, you know, I had seen the, the PC times were improved, but it's just it's so frustrating to see things take much, much longer than they should have. And, you know, I was expecting, the expectation was really fast load times. It wasn't there. It's just a, a minor disappointment for me. I mean, if if the, if these are the only problems we're having with Mass Effect, then I think it's a pretty solid, pretty solid collection. I, th- I think it is yeah. one of the best game trilogies as well. Yeah. Like it, it if in regards to comparing it with you know must must watch trilogy movies. It's it's part of Lord of the Rings. It's part of Indiana Jones. Like it is a it is a trilogy of games that if you have not played them before, period, or if it has been ten years since you have played them, then this is the perfect set for you because you'll get massive nostalgia you'll get heaps of replayability but also for people who haven't played it or experienced it at all before you're introduced to this fantastic world that you've got you've got nothing but time in this thing Mm, yeah now that's that's very true yeah look um let's give it some scores mate because it is that time of the day um firstly from you i want to hear from you first because you clearly uh had a lot of fun with this one how did you rate this legendary edition Four four and a half out of five. Um, wow! It is it is the same score that I give to Resident Evil, um, but they're they're both two separate things in regards to this is yes, it's a fantastic game trilogy. Yes, it has been graphically mastered and updated as well, but it's just those tiny little small things as well that just it 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 amps it up for me. So like, yes, it's great to have all these games released together. You know, if you're a PC player or a console player, if you wanted to. You probably could have gotten old, older copies of the original release games and just done the same thing. So, with it being a graphical remaster and, and touching up for the two and three's been touched up, but one yeah. has just been rehauled. Um, it looks and plays smoothly. I didn't have any technical issues. I've seen some people report, you know, my character only runs backwards; he doesn't run forwards, and all that sort of stuff like that. Mm. Um, I experienced none of those issues. Um, but it's just even the small, minute things of being able to go. All right, quit out of Mass Effect One, and it just goes straight into the launch. Going, which one do you want to play now? Like rather than having to boot the whole thing down, boot yeah. it back up, and, yeah, and, and it can be a little taxing as well, or not taxing, but tedious on consoles and, and PC being having having to close the thing down and then if you try and boot it up too quickly it's like well no the application's already running or <laughs> whatever it might be um, it's just there's yeah there's small quality of life things that I think make this one of if not one of the yeah probably one of the greatest collection of games you can get like as a as a pack like think of another collected series that you can physically go out and buy you know, uh, you know games one two and three or game one and two in a, in a box that you know have this much entertainment value replayability sure. and just in-depth love to it yeah and look i mean it's 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 very hard to find that i mean we reviewed earlier this year the neo series that's come out um so they did the the update for that that was pretty amazing but i mean different style of game but and and yeah. nowhere near the storytelling of uh, of what's going on here but for sci-fi rpg action games it's like uh, it stands Head and shoulders above most as uh, as a fairly fantastic series. Yeah, and and like you look at ex- this is a new property as well. Like it's not it's not a Star Trek game. It's not a Star Wars game. Like this is a whole new thing that Bioware created. Yes, it's inspired mm. by a lot of by Star Trek and stuff like that. But like, there's no you know existing property games that have that sort of effect. Like mm. Bioware have done it with Dragon Age, and you know Dragon Age is it's you know sort of pseudo competitor to Elder Scrolls. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that is something that is just real, really seen. If not, you don't see it now. No, you don't. I, th- I think there's, there's so much time and investment that goes into a game like this that, you know, it's, it's very hard for, for people to justify it. But look, um, for me, I think I have to give this one a four. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very tentative four. Like I said, I think a lot of the the issues that I wanted gone from uh, from this game still seem to be apparent. Um, it does look better than the previous um, editions. It does play a bit more smoothly, but there's still a lot of issues in there. So, um, I, and there's just the same ones, the same problems. So, I'm hoping that um, I'll. I'll try and get um andromeda on the pc i'm hoping that 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 kind of those issues kind of go away i know that the andromeda series got rated uh game got rated a lot lower than the um original th- trilogy right yeah it was because the, the whole thing was sort of the um so like the start of alien covenant like they were going into a new galaxy to find a new um sort of uh, galaxy to colonize and sort of branch out um, but there was like maybe one or two new sort of species in this galaxy where like you're going to all these other planets like yeah there's a Krogan here there's a this here I'm like that's not really a new galaxy it's it's a galaxy that humans haven't gone to but Krogans are here and bloody Garrus is I can't yeah. remember what Garrus's race are called but they're here and it, that, it also had like an auto pop in cover mechanic so like it would automatically put you in cover where people just did not like that um, and it had a jetpack and jump mechanic and stuff like that as well that some people weren't a fan of yeah, I think there's yeah, it's it's interesting to see they they sort of you know mechanics within this series kind of come in and go out of fashion and they they, they sort of change based on, you know, people's opinions and you know it's really interesting how that um yeah, how they've matured the series over time. And I think at the end of the day they really just need to go, you know what? Fuck it. This is the game we want to play and they, you know this is how you're going to have it. Don't don't listen to too much. Like listen to a little bit of the fan support, but don't let them dictate the direction that the game is going in. So, well, that's what um, Capcom did with Resident Evil. Apparently, like too yeah. many people said, Resident Evil Seven was too scary. Yeah, and people are saying like Resident Evil Eight, it's good, but people are saying it's not scary enough. Like there's one <laughs> scary moment in the game, and because people said Seven was too scary, they dialed it down. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say, people don't know what the fuck they want. <laughs> you, yeah. You have to tell them. You have to show them. Like, you know, yes, take on board a little bit of feedback. I'm sorry you thought it was a bit too scary. Stiff shit. Like, that's, it's a, it's a fucking horror game. Or, you know, I'm sorry if this, this story was too detailed. It's an, it's a, that's a sci-fi epic. That's what it's supposed to be. Like, you know, these are the things that, you know, are core to what the game is. We're just going to continue with it. Um, yeah, I, I just think they, you know, the, the Mass Effect series changed a lot based on, on feedback and they probably should have stuck with their guns and just gone, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> this is how we, we want to remember our game. But uh, look, I, I've had a lot of fun playing this. I'm going to play out like Mass Effect 3. I've, it's been one of those games I was so stuck on Returnal for such a long time. It's been uh, like it's dragged me away, and I haven't put I haven't put Returnal back in since I started playing Mass Effect Three. I've just been going through it, so I'm going to get to the end. I promise I'm going to do it by the end of this week, just to just to get that satisfaction of finishing it. I've gone so far now that I can't turn back. <laughs> yeah, and then look, I still say go back and play two. Two is fantastic. Two is probably um, the best of the series, right? Yeah, two two is very much considered to be sort of the Empire Strikes Back of the series, where. Yep. Same thing with, with Mass Effect 3 in regards to Return of the Jedi. Like, you either loved it, you were indifferent about it, or you or, don't like Ewoks. Or you hated the ending, because there was a very controversial ending uh, for Mass Effect 3 that people did not like. Yeah, and then I think Bioware went back and made a an, another ending, because people didn't like the, the <laughs> available endings, which, look, like, okay, but, like, it's also, like, End the end, end the game the way you want to end the game. Don't you know bow to people. You know I didn't like that my shepherd got old and clicked his fingers with the infinity gauntlet. Um, but yeah, I, I the only small thing I think that, that just comes to mind now is like I wish they did some updated appearances because I tried to make myself as yeah. a shepherd, and every beard option is like mid two thousand stubble. Yeah, it's just yeah, you, the customization options aren't great. Um, they're they're pretty yeah pretty terrible. And it's really I'm interesting stuck with the standard shepherd. <laughs> it's really interesting to see like how they play that out in some of the cutscenes as well, like. Um, Especially with like loading screens, that you're loading into a battle. They clearly only animated the um, the standard N7 rifle, so you jump in with the N7 rifle. You jump in with or without the helmet, like like little things like that. Just little glitches in in how the gameplay goes. It's really interesting to see. Yeah, they don't really they they struggle sometimes with um, rendering things that aren't necessarily the standard. 
Yeah, and that's that's a thing that a lot of games do. It's like, no, I'm not running around with an M16. I'm running around with a shotgun. Why am I holding an M16 in the cutscene? Yeah, but it's yeah, so it's stupid. A, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a small thing. Same thing happened when I was playing Space Marine. I'm like, no, I don't. Have, why would I be holding a chainsaw going yeah. up against the final boss of the game? It's just uh, ridiculous. Uh, anyway, well, that's it for this week. Um, we've enjoyed playing Mass Effect Three. Le- uh, sorry, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Thank you again to EA for provision of those codes. Um, we very much appreciated it. Um, we will be back next time to talk about video games and more. Until then, I'm Fuzzy Dan, reminding you that if you're going to play the Mass Effect Legendary Edition with all three games, start at the third one. <laughs> and this is Duty reminding you to don't listen to Fuzzy. Um, <laughs> no, if if you've never played Mass Effect before, this is a it's a must, and it's the best way to experience the games. But yeah, that's, that's my word. <laughs> last words we ever have. <laughs> the last words. I'm not